Welcome to Chasing Sunsets. This is a podcast to spark insightful moments with the word. I'm so glad that you're here. The Spirit of a Thing I've been reading the book of Revelations for the past two weeks. I didn't get to choose it. I'm just following along with the daily Bible passage provided to me by my church's app. I'd honestly prefer to just skip over Revelations. I read it as a teenager, and I remember a lot of weird imagery and just generally being confused. Why did all the animals have so many eyes? Why so many horns? Who are all these characters? How is a tongue also a sword? Well, the good news is that some of it is making more sense to me as an adult. Don't get me wrong, I'm pretty much guessing 100% of the time. But interpreting the symbolism is coming along much easier today versus when I was a kid. The passage that has been the most interesting, or at least the most relevant, to me so far is found in Revelations chapter 18. But I should start with some backstory. One, I am originally a country girl who has now lived in the big city for over 10 years. And two, I cannot help but attribute human qualities to inanimate objects. I can easily tell you whether a slug is feeling happy or sad. I love to speculate on what kind of day my succulents are having. And I am more than happy to comment on what my cat is thinking most of the time. So when Revelations chapter 18 dove into describing the city of Babylon as a she and also attributed human qualities to her, the book was finally speaking my language. Here I quote, For all nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. As she glorified herself and lived in luxury, so give her a like measure of torment and mourning, since in her heart, she says, I sit as queen. This is a long passage, and I won't quote it all, but the main message to the readers is this. Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. This was a very interesting passage for me to hear. I should start by saying I am pretty sure this passage is referring to a specific event, to a specific city on earth. I'm not sure which one, but chances are it probably isn't my city. However, I think there is still a critical lesson to be learned regardless of where we live. No, my direct response to this message isn't, Oh, crap, I need to move to the boondocks because I have lived in the boondocks and I know for a fact evil is alive and well there too. However, what this passage has to say about the rulers, the power players, the merchants, and the citizens of a city whose spirit is corrupt is quite intriguing. When I was young, I desperately learned, yearned to live anywhere that was cooler, which by definition also meant bigger, than my small hometown. 
When I finally got my chance, I embraced nearly everything about city, city life. I loved the convenience, the energy, the activity, and the consumerism. This passage sort of brings me back to reality, though, and helps me see my city with sober, clear eyes. Yes, there is a lot, a lot of good happening here. People helping other people, individuals growing and contributing in incredible ways. But there's also a lot of distraction, perhaps to a fault. Have I gone along with my society to a point where what I wear, what I own, and what luxuries I can afford overshadow my devotion to following Christ? Have the merchants that serve me, both in my city and online via Pinterest, Etsy, and Target, led me astray to worship things? I don't think it's the merchant's fault. Everyone is trying to earn a living, which the Bible encourages us all to do. But as a consumer, is it my responsibility to be aware of the lies being sold to me? Will this new car actually make me cooler? Or will it just pump up an already inflated ego? I'm not trying to say spending money is inherently bad. That's not my point at all. Instead, this passage made me, for the first time, consider my city as a spirit, as a person, who perhaps has an agenda and a personality all her own. She encourages me and convinces me at times to follow certain ways of living. But I shouldn't let her be my leader. Only God should hold that throne. I should follow his ways alone. This begs the question, though. If a city can exude a spirit, how about organizations, too? Perhaps I could be critical of the groups I am a part of as well both on and offline. How would I describe the spirit of my church, the spirit of the organizations I donate to, the spirit of the organizations I follow online? In a cool way, this just intensified my already delightful obsession with personifying inanimate objects. But from a practical standpoint, it makes some sense. If this thing were a person, what kind of person would it be? One who is for you? Or one who is trying to manipulate you? It's just good food for thought. Revelations is an intimidating book meant to, I think, grant us a glimpse of the end times. But if you do ever read it, you might just find, like me, a thing or two to equip you for the here and now as well. This podcast is a sister project to the Chasing Sunsets blog. You can find all my original blog posts at chasingsunsetsblog.com. If you'd like to get in touch, you can send an email to chasingsunsetsblog at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook and Pinterest. Cheers.